Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday afternoon. Welcome to the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're with us around the state, whatever station you're tuned in on online. Glad to have you wrap up another week here on the Eagle Hour. Broadcasting today from the Southern Bank Corps Studios, Kelly and Bob. Luke still out. Uh, he should be back uh, early next week. Got a great show for you today. One of our favorite guys uh, is going to be with us here just in a moment. But first, we want to remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, this program. And a great place for you to take your family tonight for a great dinner. Or if you have an event coming up at your church or business, it's a great place to call for catering. Dickie's Barbecue, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. Gary Grubbs needs no introduction to our audience. He is a, a very successful uh, movie and TV actor, writer, and producer. A former Golden Eagle wide receiver. We should never never forget that, Gary. That's right. You were you were a you slow wore wide, the you, a slow wide receiver. You you wore the black and gold. What was the longest touchdown pass you ever caught? I ever saw or I ever caught. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever you'd like to talk about first. I think I caught two touchdown passes, one for five yards and one for 12. Yeah. And who were the the quarterbacks, Gary? Uh, Ricky Dunnigan and Buddy Palazzo. Okay. Buddy Palazzo. Wow. So he was – Gary was a football player here, and he's a Southern Miss guy and and went on to be really a very, very, very successful actor. And uh, and so we asked Gary to come in today and talk about the greatest sports movies uh, in the history of Hollywood – and uh, so he brought a list here. <laughs> so uh, now I want to tell you what IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, says the top five sports movies of all time are Gary Grubbs, and we'll get your thoughts. Num- okay, number, go for it. Number five, Million Dollar Baby. Number four, Raging Bull. Number three, Field of Dreams. Number two, Rocky, and number one, Hoosiers. Okay, so you can't – when somebody picks their top five, you can't argue with that because somebody picked it. And I I think I know all of those. I don't think I've seen Hoosiers, but I've heard people talk about it. Gene Hackman. Huh? Gene, Gene Hackman was in it. Oh, with the with the young team. The basketball. Barbara Hershey. They didn't use actors. They used they use real Players, people. right, right. Right, okay. Now I remember more. Thank you. And then, uh, of course, there's Tin Cup, which is mm-hmm. – uh, A golf movie. Golf movie. Uh, Bull Durham baseball movie, right? Uh, what else is, is on my list? The uh, Natural, huh? The Natural, is The Natural. A- yeah, I love that one. Uh, that's Robert Redford at thirty-five, still in the minors, and finally breaks in, 
And they shot that thing like through a haze, like through slow motion or something. Uh, and I think they did that because he really couldn't pitch fast. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they put it in slow motion. You know, but, but all these movies you're mentioning, Bob, they're okay. But what would have made them great is had Gary Grubbs been I in agree. them. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and I got paid for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, a lot. Please, thank I you. I mean, that, that goes. Here's one on the top saying. ten list that really was a great movie, Cinderella Man. Uh, I don't know that one. Cinderella Man? Yeah, true story about a, a boxer back in the uh, back in the 30s that was just basically out of money. His family was destitute, and he gets one last chance to come back and goes all the way to he defeats Max Smelling, remember the German fighter, and wins the heavyweight championship. And uh, that's uh, uh, Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. Was, okay. in, was in that movie. Yeah. I got you. Uh, and a lot of these movies, too, you're noticing a boxing theme, you know, which really, I, I would argue, that in mainstream in America today, boxing's not really all that popular, or okay, not as no. popular as it used to be. All right. For, from somebody who's been on the sets, you notice they don't shoot a lot of football movies, and they don't shoot them because they're so hard <laughs> coverage-wise. You need so many cameras and so many players and so many things going on, and you need cheerleaders and you need fans baseball you can go out there shoot all day you know shoot the quarterback shoot the short shortstop picking up the ball see it throw it to first see the runner and nobody's anywhere so what i mean mm-hmm. and then you can piece it together so it's so much cheaper to shoot basketball and baseball than it is football now i wanted to ask you gary you were in in glory road which there's a conference usa tie here because glory road was the story of the emergence of don haskins and the Texas Western Collegiate Basketball Team, which evolved into UTEP. You played Ralph Miller, who was a Hall of Fame basketball coach at Iowa, who then went on to Oregon. But you would think generally that casting directors would hire actors that may have perhaps played a particular sport if that's the character or coach that they're playing. I know that acting is transforming into somebody different, but... Wouldn't you think, would that help you as an actor? Well, sometimes where it helps you is when you're in the meeting and the producers, directors are talking to you about the movie and all of a sudden you can talk the game. So it becomes part of your audition process. You become more impressive because you can say things about the game and understand the game. Now, that what's interesting about that is Don Haskins' assistant was who? Lee Floyd. Oh, that's right. Who came to Southern Miss. Lee Floyd's son is Tim Floyd. Tim Floyd went back to coach at UTEP. It's a full circle there. And Tim Floyd's my friend. He was the creative director hired for them on that movie because his daddy was a coach there. And he and I being best friends. So we, we kind of sat through the whole thing together. An Oak Grove High School graduate. Tim that's Floyd. right. Yeah. All right. We, we, we tied, brought it home, didn't we? Uh, you were not only in that movie, you were in the movie with Will Smith, Concussion, which I thought was a very good uh, sports movie, but a serious sports movie. Yes, it was. And and that one came around about somebody bringing a lawsuit. Is that how it happened? That's right. About concussions in the NFL, correct? Yes, yes. And that the NFL needed to compensate retired players or up the pensions yeah, for the pension people. money because of and that. And that's still an issue, is it not? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Very, and I want to ask you, too, cause, because you worked with Will Smith, were you surprised with, with all those stuff with the Academy Awards where you went up and slapped Chris Rock? Well, I think he was surprised, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you know Will Smith, he's the last guy you would think that would do that. I, I agree. And I think he, you know, 
he went off he, he, and uh, got mad all of a sudden, and he did something that if, if he did it on a set is one thing or at his house is one thing, but on national television, I couldn't tell if he hit him or not when he went up there. You know what I mean? Uh, and now I, I think if anybody on the planet regrets it, and if you ask me, uh, Will Smith's one of the nicest guys I know. And see, yeah. now he's got the reputation of being a hothead. Right. And he's the least hothead. He's not hot-headed at all. I can name you others, which I won't, but he's certainly not a hothead. All right. So I feel sorry for him. All right. We want to know what Gary Grubbs, the famed actor's five best sports movies are. What, what do you think? I don't know. if You know, he's best. got a list. He's got a list. He's, no, I, I just uh, – I do have a list. Yeah. And I got Raging Bull on the list. Uh, I got one here that's on the list that y'all don't have, A League of Their Own. Oh, great baseball oh, movie. great movie. Yeah, yeah that was – and the one the, – the the wife uh, – husbands and wife can watch together. It's, it's you know, that story. Uh, the Color of Money is an interesting movie with Paul Newman and – Bill Yards and, and Jackie and, Gleason. And Tom Cruise. Right. One of his early movies, and he kept taking the cue stick, the, the pool stick, and using it like a baton. You remember he would mm-hmm. twirl it all kind of ways, and then he would shoot. And and Paul. well, actually, I think Jackie Gleason did the original, and Paul Newman played that, which Newman won an Oscar, right, for that's that exactly part, right. For that performance. All right. All right, so I got I got ten cup written down here. Now we can go back to the Longest Yard, where the original, where, where uh, our boy Burt Reynolds puts all the players together, and they play against the guards and beat them. The that's prison. A good, that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah it sure. That's, is. that's a good movie. Let's see if I, I got anything else written down here that. And, and, of course, Burt Reynolds played college football. That's what we were talking Florida about, State. played at Florida State. Yeah, that's so right. That helped him, I'm sure, in that movie. So one thing one thing that happened in my career is I was doing JFK with Kevin Costner. So, like I said, Tim Floyd's a friend of mine. And, and we're doing the movie, and they want to play some pickup basketball on the weekends. And I said, okay, I got a guy that may can get us a place. <laughs> Tim so Floyd. I called Tim Floyd, and he said, Kevin Costner? I said, I want to play. I'm going to kick his Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And I know Kevin's pretty good. So I got Tim Floyd <laughs> guarding Kevin Costner. <laughs> so a- what, did, what, did, what does Tim do? He gets us the arena of the LSUNO, which had a brand new 6,000 seat. And the, I said, come on, guys, I got us a place to play. And Kevin goes, what? We're playing? I said, you wanted a place to play? I got you a pickup place to play. And well, there we are in their arena, you know, playing. <laughs> and then so uh, I put, I said, Tim, you guard him. He's guarding him. He come back and he goes, "Is that Kevin Costner?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that's he's making a fool out of you too." And before the game is over, Kevin ends up running up under Tim on a rebound. Tim goes down and hurts his knee. The next week, he's talking at the National Coaches Association, and the whole story is about he and Kevin Costner were playing basketball, and Kevin took a cheap shot oh <laughs> the story evolved yeah it, it evolved so yeah. all that all the way back to utep comes all the way back around <laughs> we got gary grubbs in the studio with us always happy to have him here we're going to continue our conversation with the former wide receiver and the famous actor gary grubbs right after this yeah
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bancor Studio here in Hattiesburg. That's where we're doing the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street. They got great Southern Miss apparel down there. You can shop them seven days a week or you can shop online at campusbookmark.net. Remember, the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is available to everyone all the time at Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And uh, wherever you're at, you can uh, enjoy the show. We've got uh, actor Gary Grubbs with us, a Hattiesburg resident, uh, my ne- my neighbor, and I see him working in the yard all the time. And oh, don't tell that. Yeah, you work hard out there. You like that yard work. No, don't I don't. I hate it. <laughs> but I'm too cheap to buy to pay somebody to do it. <laughs> so you're doing it, right? Right. You're doing it. All right, we're talking to Gary about sports movies of all time. He gave us one of his favorites. Kelly, you haven't told us what your favorite is. My favorite of all time um, was a 1976 uh, movie, The Original Bad News Bears that Walter Matthau was yeah. in. And and because I co- I've coached youth baseball for over 40 years, it was so right on. And, you know, there were a few things that were over the top, but as far as, you know, relationship, the, the dynamics of the coach and the parents and the kids and all the I just loved it. Just absolutely loved it. And Walter Matthau, that. Michael Ritchie directed it. And, um, and Walter Matthau took the part because his wife was given a part and, and his grandsons could, you know, be in it. And uh, I just really, really enjoyed that. And I was out in California for Thanksgiving, uh, Gary, in, in November, obviously. And my daughter, through some research, found the exact field that they filmed it on. <laughs> so we got to go to that field and we, my son and I played catch on the set, so to speak, of the Bad News Bears. That was there pretty cool. Go. That's fun. So, Gary, what are you doing now? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> yard work. Uh, no, I am uh, I am just completed uh, a script. I started kind of as a script writer, and I started going on auditions. My wife and I did a showcase, and all of a sudden I had an acting career that took off, and I didn't know that was going to happen. She was going to do the acting. I was going to do the writing. And uh, pretty soon, she's having babies and teaching school, and I'm acting. So we went out there sort of with one goal and ended up with another. But I've never quit writing, and I think I mentioned a true story that I, that happened to me. And I, I just finished completing that yesterday, day before yesterday. And Can just, you talk real briefly about that? It's an incredible story. <laughs> well, the, the story is, this is not the movie, but the story is, my wife and I came home from the movies one night. And our babysitter had shut herself out and shut the kids inside, and they were asleep. <laughs> and she was all upset. And she goes, Mr. Grubbs, I hate to tell you this, but you just got a call from up in Oregon, and your daddy uh, died up there. He was fishing on a fishing trip. And I said, no, he wasn't. And he said, she said, yeah, a guy named Eric Miners called. And I said, well, why didn't my mother call? Why didn't my brother call? Why didn't my sister call? Who's Eric Miners? She goes, no, he died of a heart attack. And I said, well, I don't know who that is, but it's not my daddy. Go to bed, wake up in the middle of the night. I think, I'm going to call, see who that is. I got the number, and I call. I get the IRS office in Oregon. I think, okay, somebody pulled in a trick. Next day, middle of the day, Eric Miners calls. He says, you got to come over and get your daddy's body. I said, it's not my daddy. And he said, Bill Grubbs, he's got pictures of you in his house. He goes to the movie sets and watches you. I said, I don't know who he is. Fingerprint him, figure, it, figure out who he is. And they did, and he was Bill Grubbs, and he was from a town in Grubbs, Arkansas. 
He had abandoned his family 30 years later, and they came and got the body. So this guy had seen me on television, had the same name I had, and claimed to me as his son, and left me everything in his will. It's just so bizarre. That, that is that's that, so bizarre. Yeah, and, and my, can't make that up. Can no, you? and my question is, is why doesn't anybody leave me anything? Well, you're, you're not famous. That would, <laughs> well, that would start yeah, with I that. guess not. He had an old log cabin and a beat up old uh, fishing boat that he went up and down the river. They said it's not worth you trying to get up here to get it. So I never even I said, well, uh, give it to his children. He left, you know, give it to them. So you've written a, you've written a script about right. this. Now, the script and the script, he's he's alive when I get there. It's a whole different story uh, because he's got to be alive or it's the end of the script in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and television, television is so, uh, so important to a lot of young people. A lot of people raised on television rather than the movies. And a lot of people in Hattiesburg remember you from your portrayal of Harlan in the early episodes of Will and Grace on NBC. And when I'll, you and I'll just every once in a while talk a little bit. And it's, what's interesting to me is you say, look, I, I do my lines, I leave, they give me my check, I go on. I don't even remember the episode. I've never seen the episode. Uh, some movies that you've done, you went in to do your part. It was titled one thing. When it's released, it's titled something completely different. Yeah, so it really know. is just a job to you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, after you do it a while, it is. And people will say, I saw you in so-and-so. I go, I wasn't in that. Yes, you were. Okay. <laughs> you don't remember. Well, I don't remember because they changed the title from the time they shot it. See, they test it, and then they test the title. And then the title is not good for the movie, and they change it. But they don't call us and tell us they changed it. They just change it. So a lot of times I'm in movies I don't know that I don't know the title. Now you said something very interesting to me off the air. I ask you how often do you watch movies? I, I've always envisioned you sitting down watching movies, and you said very rarely, a couple of week, more so now in the last year than I have in my life. Uh, it, no, I write. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, we hang out with friends. It's not this like I have decided I'm an actor and I'm not watching movies. You know what I mean? And somebody will tell me, people in my acting class, I teach acting, and they'll tell me, you got to watch this movie. Somebody told me last night to watch Molly's Game, and that's the Kevin Costner movie, isn't it? I think so. I think that's about, yeah, that's about a lady that uh, runs, a, runs a gambling operation. Yes, that's right. Product. Well, right. anyway, and they, she said the last 30 minutes is incredible. But let, let me just tell this little bit on Kevin Costner. So I do – I do. Uh, uh, JFK with him and I'm sitting there with him every day and on the off days we play basketball and I told y'all about that play pickup basketball and we were the last day I was there I said Kevin you know what I don't know you, this may embarrass you but you're one of the top five actors on the planet I don't know any of them are athletic I said you're the most athletic movie star guy that I know I said you need to do sports movies nobody's doing sports movies and here he goes from one to the next to the next to the next. He's done more sports movies when you go to Ten Cup and you go to, uh, uh, let's see, what all is he? Field of Dreams. Uh, yeah, Molly's Game. Draft Day. Draft Day. That that's, was a good That's one. a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Bull yeah. Durham. Racing in the Rain. I don't know what that is. Uh, so he did a bunch of, uh, so I'm taking credit for it, whether it was my idea or not. He's, had, he's sent me no money or Did you comments. get a cut? I was about to ask you. Huh? Did you get a cut? Not, not a dime. Not a dime. I made his career. You made Kevin Costner. Yeah, that's career. yeah. That's official. Let's go here, with right that. On, right on Quote the me on that. And, you know, Dances with Wolves <laughs> is one of the most highly heralded movies of all time, really, in Hollywood. And he won the Oscar for that. 
I hated that movie. No, you, you hated that movie. I did. Yeah, I hated that. That's so un-American of you. That's I know. Really I, I was movie. just bored by it. I was, but the English Patient and some of those other ones that those. But you liked the Bad News Bears. You didn't like <laughs> only because I could world. relate to it. Does that yeah. say something, Gary? I yeah, don't, I, I, don't I don't know what, but something. <laughs> as much character acting as as you've done. Though, Gary, what about lead stuff? Is that, did that ever appeal to you? Oh, it's not a matter of appealing to you. There is a look, and there's a look of a leading man. There's a look of a character actor. I have a character actor look. So they're never going to let me kiss the girl, no matter what. Well, you're and, too and, tall, for one thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not joking about that. Most, if you, and, and Gary can certainly set the record straight here, but a lot of your leading men, your Tom Cruise, they're all, they're all in like 5'8 or 5'9. Yeah. And, really, I've, and I've missed parts because I'm too tall. I, I can't work with John Travolta. I can't work. Uh, I read for that Texas Walker Ranger thing. He's 5'6". Like Chuck three, Norris? Yeah. Chuck like, Norris really? is 5'6". Yeah. Really? So, so you don't like say I, that to his face, though, do you? <laughs> well, yeah. it just, it, he just is. <laughs> and he didn't want to be in scenes with guys that make him look really short. And, and I would go out and I'd read. I had to drive 15 miles out here and I'd read and I'd go, you're great. You're just wonderful. They come back, and I'd read, we love what you do. You, we love your accent. And the third time I came out there, and my agent said, Tom, you, we got to find a, 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 an episode where you're not in the scene with him because you're too tall. And they called me again, and I said, tell them I'm the same height that I was last time they called me. <laughs> and I'm not driving back out there. So I never did that show because I was too tall. But a lot uh, of that, too, has to do with the female that they're putting the star with. Because right. most of the women aren't going to be but 5'5 five, five or 5'6. Five, right. So you can't have a guy that's 6'8 with a 5'. It's just a, aesthetics. Yeah. It just doesn't work. There's a right. lot of that that goes yeah. into it. So No. And it's angles and it's shadows. So what I mean? If I'm if I'm six four by a guy five six, they really have to move the camera around to shoot over my shoulder. It's an over the shoulder shot where part of my shoulder's in the shot and his face. Well, they can't do it because they're up like this. They didn't tilt too far down. They had to tilt too much. So that's a lot of a, interesting stuff. You yeah. in a hurry? Can you stick around? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I know you've worked with some of the most famous people that any of us see in the movies, and and I want to ask you about some of those. Okay, it's really really interesting. And then a little later in the show. One of Kelly's good friends, Mr. Reality, a professional, professional wrestler. wrestler. Mr. Reality is going to yeah, be on the show today, that's right, Gary. <laughs> no, I got to go before no, he gets here. Yeah, you don't have to look over your shoulder. He's going to be on the phone. Are you learning about Kelly? Bad News Bears is his favorite movie, yeah. and he hangs out with Mr. Reality. That's enough. That's enough. We'll be back with Gary Grove. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for sponsoring this portion of the Eagle Hour. It'll be a great place for you to go over the weekend, get yourself yourself good to eat, uh, enjoy a good cold beer, and uh, watch whatever big game is on. You know it's on the TV 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Also want to thank Mobay Beignet, the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour. If you haven't been there yet, you certainly need to go. You uh, They cook the beignets as you order them. Uh, they got all sorts of toppings. Uh, it is absolutely delicious. They're on Hardy Street, right across from the Southern Miss campus, Mobay Beignet. You can get the chicory coffee, too, but, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure what chicory is. I know it tastes yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, they got all the New Orleans-type coffees right. and the beignets. Yes, it's, it's something really they put good. in coffee. Have you been there, Gary? Have Mobay not, beignet? but as you said it, I, I, I think I'm going as soon as y'all let. I'm uh, gone now. Well, you, well, you were in New Orleans this morning. That's right. You know? Yeah. All right, Gary Grubbs is with us, a former wide receiver, a Golden Eagle, and, of course, a very successful and famous uh, TV and movie actor. All right, Gary, I, I want to get to some of the big guys that you've played with, and you played on what I think, just Bob Getty's personal opinion, one of the top three or four TV shows ever made, The Rockford Files, and you played with James Garner, and you've got a story about him and, and well, your experience. <laughs> As you get out of the business, not in it so much, and you talk to people about it, you realize every movie, every reading, everything has a story. And sometimes they're interesting and, and dramatic and fun. And I wanted to be on a James Garner sh- I wanted to be on Rockford Files. I thought he was the best, best actor out there. And at the time when we got there and Astro Machines just came in, and you remember on the start of the James Garner's Rockford yeah, Files. Machine. Yeah, hello, so and such and such, so and so, leave me a message. I put that on our answer machine. I recorded it off the television and recorded it onto my answer machine. So when somebody called my house, they got Jim that. Rockford. Yeah, James Rockford, and I go, and Gary Grubbs. And, and so that was my answer machine. So that's how much. So I finally get a reading, and I go in, and, I'm, and one of my keys, the reason I worked some was I was not nervous in the room. I've always been a salesman and probably cocky, go ahead. Uh, and felt I could do something. So I never got nervous in, the, in an audition room, so I was pretty well could do me, and that's what they were hiring. And I got in there, and I got nervous because it was a James Garner thing. And I tried to read the scene, and I messed it up. I don't ever mess up doing that. And I messed it up again, and I, and I messed it up the third time, and I laid the script down. I said, find somebody who can do this, because I certainly can't do it. And I left, and when I got home, they called for wardrobe. They hired me because of what I did, and it was right for the part. So in mm-hmm. the end, I got to do, and, I, and I'm pretty sure it was James Garner's last show. Mm-hmm. And then he and my wife were buds because he loved these chocolate chip cookies, and it was his last day, and the people at the, the cooks that day didn't make chocolate chip cookies. And he said, what? My last day, you didn't make my cookies? Where's my chocolate chip cookies? Sacrilege. And I called my wife and said, Glenda, make some chocolate chip cookies and get over here. We'll put your name at the front gate. She comes over and comes in and goes, <laughs> James Garner, I'm Gary's wife, and I made you some chocolate chip cookies. And he goes, what's your name? What's your name? Glenda. Folks, Glenda Grubbs. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of man was he, Gary? He was great. He was relaxed. Of course, it was the end of that show, and he'd done so well. But uh, he was just – you didn't know he was the star of the show. You know what I mean? He's eating with you, and he's – He's talking to you, and he'll say, what do you think about this scene? You, you want to do it that way? You want to do it this way? You know, he was. And, and I was told that Andy Griffith was a lot like that, just yeah. very down to earth. The Matlock. Matlock, you were on that show. Well, and and I replaced, you ready for this? I replaced, not as replacing him, the character. I was his assistant. He was a district attorney, and I was assistant district attorney on a movie called The Burning Bed. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Nope, that's not the one. No. Fatal Vision. Fatal Vision. That was a Jeffrey McDonald. 
You know, yeah, they, they, yeah. they killed his killed his family. I am uh, I am his assistant, and uh, on the movie on the show, he dies of a heart attack. And I replace him. So the next day is the biggest trial he's ever had, and I have to be him because he'd had a heart attack on the show, not the actor, right. the character. And uh, so it shows, and it's the highest-rated television miniseries in history. Really? really? And it's really kind of the thing, one of the things that got me started because the next day we go to the grocery store, and everybody's going, hey, man, I, can, can I get a picture with you? Can I get your autograph? And I'm thinking, what's going on? And pretty soon I find out everybody in the planet had watched, watched the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I replaced Andy Griffin. Now, I was on Matlock, but in a show, I was his assistant, and he passes away. And, and what kind of guy was he to work with? I, I did, You know, I was with him two days, really? and we were busy, so I didn't spend much time with him. He'd come to the set. So I didn't I, I didn't know him that well. I didn't you know, I didn't spend a week with him. So you think it may have been the last episode of the Rockford Files. You were on the last episode of the Waltons. So are you the death blow to every series on television? You had to bring it up, didn't you? <laughs> you know the sad thing is, I hope they don't cancel this radio show. No, 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 that's exactly right. <laughs> Believe me, Bob and I do a good job of that on our own. We don't we don't need anybody's Well, I got to ask you about the most beautiful woman in the world when I was growing up, Farrah Fawcett. Did you meet her? Would you yeah. be shocked if I, I told you? I don't you, think he wants you, you to bring that up, Would you be shocked if Bob? I told you the poster was Well, just let me, all right, you ready? Her. So, yeah. I, like I said, there's a story everywhere, isn't there? So, I'm doing The Burning Bed, which I mentioned wrongly right, a minute right. ago. I'm the prosecuting attorney on The Burning Bed, and I'm doing it with Farrah Fawcett. You know, she, Burning Bed, her husband was mistreating her and abusing her and he went to sleep, and she poured a little gas on him and set him on fire. Mm-hmm. And the True day, story. And the day after, you ready? After the burning bed showed, three women in America poured gas on their husbands and set them on fire <laughs> in their bed. Oh, you wait. think television is, is powerful? Oh, but I'm, I got to do a scene with her that day, and all of a sudden, somebody knocks on my door, and I open the door, and it's Farrah Fawcett. And I go... Oh, hey, she goes, I'm Farrah Fawcett. And I go, really? <laughs> I like you. Right? That, right? I, I, said, nice I had no idea. <laughs> she said, nice to meet you. Uh, we, we're doing a scene together. Can I come in and rehearse? I said, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't pull the Jackie Gleason, Ralph Cramden, humming, 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 humming. <laughs> so she came in, and she was as nice as she could be. But you know what? She was smart, too, in that she wasn't really that great of an actress so she just ever helped me tell me what to do what do you think let's do this together let's practice so you see what i mean she knew instinctively and she had been criticized for some of her work and she was only a, a beautiful person so she was trying to do good work and so she was running around just rehearsing with everybody and me a young guy all of a sudden the most beautiful girl in the world is knocking on my door you know and saying can i come up in your dressing room and do a scene i go yeah, yeah come, come on <laughs> I'll make an exception. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Fix your hair. Fawcett. Really? Oh, okay. The, the, mo- the, the number one selling poster in the history of the world. Right. Was Farrah She Fawcett. was the first one to have that kind of poster. Beautiful. Yeah. Just and gorgeous. some people still have it. <laughs> yeah. Kelly. <laughs> some people still have it. Kelly. All right. Yeah. Who's the nicest big time actor you ever worked with? Uh, all right. This is interesting. The nicest and the worst on two different occasions was Joe Pesci. Hmm. On one occasion, he couldn't have been a nicer guy. On another occasion, he couldn't have been a worse guy. Hmm. So I'm doing something called Half Nelson with him. 
which is a it's a wrestling hold. No, well it is. Yeah, but it's a spinoff of Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, and he's actually playing the Eddie Murphy part. So he in the in this show he goes out to Hollywood to be an actor. He can't make a career, so he takes a job as a security driver around in town at Beverly Hills. And so it's about security people in Beverly Hills and all the. So I get to I get to do a scene with Dean Martin. Wow, I'm going to do a scene with Dean Martin. He's the nicest guy in the world because he wants that series to work. Well, all of a sudden, it goes on the air. And when it goes on the air, all of a sudden, he wins an Oscar for something. Goodfellas? Yes. And he thinks, I don't want to be on television. I'm an Oscar winning. So he didn't want to be there. So he went from the nicest guy to trying to make trouble so they would. So they would. Uh, nobody want to work with him. Nobody want to work with him. I'll be done. Interesting. And it was amazing to watch until Dick Budkus, who was on the show, former he, Chicago Bear, yeah, threw him up against the wall, <laughs> <laughs> literally on the set, and said, "You be here. You be on time. You know your lines." Next day, Joe Pesci was nice again. <laughs> I bet he was because he wasn't a very big guy either. Joe yeah. Pesci's not a real. No, he's about five seven, but. Everybody was talking to him, directors, producers, networks, trying to get him to behave himself. He wouldn't. When Dick Butkus threw him against the wall, he understood exactly what that meant. Now, Gary, did you tell me one time that, that the, the persona that Tom Hanks gives is that of a very, you know, great American, nice guy, next door neighbor? Boy, I hate to get into that. Why, why, why do you bring up everything I've ever said to you? Well, <laughs> but, but, I'm not talking to you outside of here anymore. <laughs> but that, that Tom Hanks it's has a last side. show anyway, Gary. Yeah. Well, been here. Yeah, we're canceled. Show? We're canceled. Just, just, yeah, you, don't, you and I will do it, Bob. We don't need him. <laughs> we don't. Uh, no, we don't. But Let me just say there's this. a side of Tom Hanks that most people have not ever seen. Yes. And that side is he wants to be controlled and he's jealous and he wants to be he wants to call all the shots and nobody else is supposed to have an opinion. And so what he did to us as we were having a it was time for a vote on SAG on our contract. That's Screen Actors Guild. Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. And it was obviously a terrible contract. And uh, but because he was now a producer, it was okay with him if actors made less money. So he's out politicking everywhere, saying we should accept the contract. And I'm going, no, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. It's a terrible contract. And he goes over and talks to the president of the guild. And by just a few votes, we end up getting a terrible contract. Mm -hmm. And that weekend, the Emmys are there, and he stands up three times as a producer, not an actor, as a producer. So I've held that against him ever since. Now, a lot of people say he's a great guy, and so he and I will have that conversation when I see him. But evidently he is. But he was taking care of Tom Hanks and not his fellow actors on that occasion. So that's what that's about. I hate to tell that story. Don't bring anything up like okay. that again. Fair enough. Gary Grubbs, everybody. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at D1 and D-Bat on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Softball and baseball season are winding down, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be in shape, whether you're a youngster or an oldster like me. A very clean, meticulous facility. They, they've also got the pro shop available for the le- very latest in sporting goods that can uh, help you with whatever your particular sport might be. D1 and D-Bat can develop a training program for you. Proud to support Southern Miss Athletics and here on the Eagle Hour. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline is 
Mr. Reality, Benjamin J. Woods, who will be wrestling tomorrow night at the Cameron Center in Laurel. Bell time is 7 o'clock. He will be wrestling Wildcat McLeod, a full card of SWA matches tomorrow night in Laurel. And first of all, Mr. Reality, thank you for joining us. And I have to ask you, uh, you know, very few of your matches, and you're, you're, you've gained notoriety nationwide, but in particular in the SWA, very few of your matches actually wind up an end in the ring. I have seen firsthand one of your matches uh, be completed up in bleachers. Uh, I've seen one of your matches uh, with fists flying all the way back to the dressing room areas. I've seen your opponents land on tables, on floors, everywhere but the ring. Um, what about that? Well, it's simple. And it's simple because my name is Mr. Reality, and that's what I deal with. I deal with reality. And my opponents, they deal with reality, too. And reality is whatever it needs to be in the situation. When you step inside the ring with me, you're dealing with over 25 years of experience. I know the ins and outs of a wrestling ring, a wrestling arena, a locker room, a back alley. It doesn't matter where you put me. The end result is always the same. And it's next a, question. It's it's about it's <laughs> it's about winning the match. But general manager Monty Warbucks has. But it seems like you're not necessarily trying to win matches. It seems like you're trying to hurt people. And I think that that general manager Monty Warbucks has has pretty much said that. Look, there's no doubt that SWA has one of the most talented locker rooms in the Gulf South. It's a proven fact. That's why I came to SWA, was for competition. But what have I gotten since I've arrived? Nothing but a bunch of backyarders, a bunch of untrained fools who not only don't belong in the ring with me, but don't belong in the same arena. Not even as a fan sitting in the audience watching me. They don't even deserve that. Tell us about the reality check, your patented finishing hold. The reality check is simple. It wakes everybody else up to the fact that it's reality check time. And most people are living in a delirious environment where their own beliefs consume them to a point where they actually think that they're accomplishing something or doing something worthwhile. That's what I'm here for, to bring everyone back down to reality and to infect them with that lethal dose of the reality check. Now, you've got a lot of Southern Miss fans that listen to this program. You're not a big fan of Southern Miss, are you? Southern Miss has one of the worst athletic programs in the entire nation. Who watches Southern Miss? (laughs) Nobody. Exactly. When's the last time Southern Miss has won a championship? I hear cobwebs. Um, well, he is Mr. Reality, folks, after all. Um, what, what words do you have for Wildcat McLeod, who supposedly is, air quotes, your opponent tomorrow night at the Cameron Center? Yeah, and that is a, uh, <clears throat> a very fine word there, opponent, because uh, the Wildcat, as I like to refer to as the kitty cat, is no match for Mr. Reality. And tomorrow night, it may not end up in the ring. But one thing I can promise you is that you will never see the Wildcat again when it's all said and done. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Mr. Reality, Benjamin J. Woods in action tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at the Cameron Center in Laurel, SWA Championship Wrestling. Bob, he's not, not a big Golden Eagle fan. I got that impression, yeah. Maybe we can change that tomorrow night, right? Do you, do you, you want to try to change him? No, I think uh, we'll talk after the, after the show, Mr. Reality, about what Kelly has actually said about you, and, uh, and then maybe you can address that with Kelly. Now, wait, now, wait a minute. Don't, don't be starting anything that's not true here, Bob <laughs> Getty. Uh, Mr. Reality, with all due respect. I already know about you and Calvin and Monty. You're all good friends and buddies, believe me. Just do your job. Announce me when I come out. Hand me the microphone if I ask for it. I know it's been a pleasure for all of you out there listening to me today. Show up tomorrow night, and you'll see what the reality check is all about. Okay. Thank you, sir. Sir, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I want to congratulate you. In one show, you've managed to uh, pee off Gary Grubbs, <laughs> and now every Southern Miss fan, you you teed it up for Mister Reality to insult our entire listening base. Congratulations. No, I just I just know he's not a big Southern Miss fan. Yeah, and, and bring that crap up, okay? <laughs> would you? I'm, I'm telling you, if you, you, I think you'll probably see him tomorrow night with your grandson, yeah, uh, Towns. I, we're, we're planning on it. It's really been a weird day, and uh, we thank you for sitting with us. TGIF. Over the last uh, 60 minutes. We will try to get back to reality Monday at 1 o'clock. Kelly will actually be gone. We'll have our own reality check, right? Correct. Monday at 1. Until then, everybody, Southern Myth. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.